Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Ambition Podcast, sponsored by Barco. I'm David Woodhill, Director of Marketing and Communications at Amber and BGA. And shortly I'll be speaking to Ellen van der Wisterner, Segment Director, Learning Experience at Barco. Barco Envy is a Belgian technology company that develops visualization and collaboration solutions to help people work together, share insights and engage audiences. It focuses on three core markets, enterprise, healthcare and entertainment. Barco has a global team of 3,600 employees whose passion for technology is captured in 400 granted patents. Its WeConnect virtual classroom solution began development in 2017 and was launched in 2019. Since then, it has delivered more than 125,000 classroom hours to more than 250,000 participants around the world. And as I mentioned, I was keen to catch up with Ellen van der Wisterner, Segment Director, Learning Experience at Barco, to find out more about her thoughts on technology and how that's making an impact in business education. I was especially keen to talk about how technology will change the landscape of the higher education sector and was interested to learn more about Ellen's thoughts and the challenges and opportunities she has witnessed in terms of courses and programs moving online. Okay, Ellen, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today for the podcast. I thought it might be interesting if we kicked off the interview with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your career. Hi, everybody. My name is Ellen van der Wissena. I'm the segment director for learning experience at Barco. Um, I've been uh, five years with Barco, a technology uh, company, uh, and we're focusing on everything that can help teach teaching and learning with our learning solutions. I have a background in uh, business development uh, and marketing, uh, and I'm very passionate about the world of education. So you're an expert in really taking programs online and technology in terms of business education. But how do you think the business can ensure that there are still elements of a human touch when taking their programs online? Yeah, actually, uh, what we see in business education is that we see uh, there's a major transformation going on, and that's really driven by the future of work. Uh, We see lifelong learning becomes very important, and business education, of course, plays a very big uh, role in that. Um, But... Of course, in uh, business education, when we're talking online learning, I see a major shift uh, happening there. I see that online learning before really meant asynchronous learning, not real-time learning, e-learning. But today, online learning, especially in business schools, is all about real-time learning, synchronous learning. Uh, So really in structure, virtual in structure-led learning. Uh, And the human touch I see there uh, comes back to first being real time. uh, And secondly, uh, how can you differentiate as a business school your online learning program? I read a very interesting article and they were referring that uh, differentiation between online learning programs is going to become crucial. And they uh, named it as like when Hollywood meets Harvard, because Harvard was, of course, one of the first schools 10 years ago who started with an online learning program. So I'm very interested to see the coming trends, uh, but I really believe that differentiation in online learning programs uh, and how do you bring in the human part, uh, the body language part is going to become more and more crucial. And I think that the human touch and also segmentation and differentiation are challenges within taking programs online. But what other challenges do you see for business schools when they're sort of adopting these types of online programs? 
Yeah, I see a couple of general challenges uh, for the business schools uh, based on the many conversations uh, we have with them. So differentiation, how do I differentiate? Uh, how do I differentiate as a business school with my online learning programs? And how do I differentiate the different learning programs for the different target audiences? For example, uh, we do see that business schools, when they think about executive education and the online delivery, they really uh, segment. Uh, they segment uh, to say, okay, if it's an executive uh, program, uh, I'm going to uh, bring the people on campus uh, one week for example, because they get the human connection, the human touch, but then the other three weeks, I'm going to uh, give them a virtual experience, which comes fairly close to an in-classroom experience. So they go into uh, combined classroom-based learning with online learning, perhaps even with e-learning. So they're all going to offer blended uh, learning paths. Uh, other um, challenges that we see is pressure on physical space, for example. Today, adding uh, an additional building or finding uh, or uh, investing in property is something uh, difficult to do. So adding online programs, virtual type of classrooms um, is a way to still scale efficiently and effectively without uh, adding uh, physical uh, space. And then I think thirdly, like Amba also refers, uh, refers to it in its research, Research, uh, we see partnerships, uh, business schools, uh, partnerships and acquisitions. Uh, business schools uh, will look on how can they expand internationally and how can they either acquire or partner with another business school uh, in order to, to grow uh, and attract more students. And I think when it comes to technology, there's sometimes a misnomer when people talk about education 4.0, that there's one form of technology that can be used for everything within the business school. Do you think that it's possible that the same technology can be used to teach all programs? Or do you think it needs to be segmented uh, for different needs, for different audiences? Yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's a very interesting um uh, question. I think today it's all about learning experience. What learning experience platform do you use? And when I talk platform, I do believe learning experience is never a single platform or a single technology, but it is about a single experience. How are you going to tie your different technologies together? How are you going to get data out of your different technologies? Uh, and what type of experiential learning are you going to deliver to your participants? Uh, what I see is that certain business schools, they really segment, as you mentioned in your question, they segment, they saying, okay, if this is uh, general MBA courses or uh, attracting a certain segment, uh, we're just going to go for a very basic online experience, uh, often using video conference platforms. Uh, when they're going up and they're going to C-level type of participants, they really start thinking about what type of experience do I want to deliver? Uh, although my point of view is that uh, today, if you really want to prepare for the future, uh, no matter which segment you're thinking about, which audience you're addressing, think about what is the ultimate experience that you want to give how can you make sure uh, that you deliver an experiential learning experience uh, to your audience? Uh, so I think um, it's see technology as an enabler 
uh, it's pedagogy first. Think about your learning design, but then also uh, today technology is there to help, to enable, and to help you uh, building uh, an experience uh, that fits your reputation as a business school and that's in 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 line uh, with how you deliver other programs. Absolutely. Um, and I think when it comes to the implementation and strategy around technology and using that for business education, schools can either be proactive or reactive. And I think it's fair to say that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused a lot of schools to react and move online very quickly. I mean, my first question here is, do you think that the sector was ready for this jump? And also, I suppose more strategically, what usually triggers business schools to start with technology-enhanced learning? Yeah, um, again, a very good question. Um, I was talking to a couple of business schools uh, last week and actually somebody was asking, COVID-19, is that really a catalyst for innovation? <laughs> uh, a very interesting point because uh, COVID-19 has forced uh, business schools or higher education in general has forced them to go online. Uh, were they prepared? Some of them were prepared, but I think majority was not yet prepared for full online uh, teaching. Uh, and prepared uh, means do you have the infrastructure? Is your faculty uh, trained for that? Do they know how to deliver uh, classes in an online way? Can you still use discussion-based methodology? Uh, so uh, COVID-19, uh, in one way, the positive thing is it has forced people to think about uh, what infrastructure am I going to choose for online delivery? On the other hand, it also gives a risk that certain uh, faculty members might be stuck uh, in uh, the way they do it today, which means that they just were forced and they do the same thing online as they're doing in an in, uh, as they do as they're teaching uh, in class uh, without making use of all the engagement tools, the interactivity. Uh, so I think that's the risk. It's it's good that everybody is now aware how important it is to invest in different pillars of learning, whether it's classroom-based learning, virtual and structure-led virtual classroom types of learning or e-learning. But uh, we should make sure uh, that our faculty members don't get stuck. Uh, in uh, non-best practice uh, methodologies. Yeah, I think that that's the, the same sort of thought that I've been having from a lot of business school experts where they've been saying that, you know, there is this reactive um, crisis yeah. mode that a lot of schools found themselves in. But at the same time, there is the opportunity to move forward and be strategic in terms of online learning. And I think that there's a lot of learnings that people can take from, from this period that they can use in the future, which is a promising thing. And with that in mind, I'd be interesting... I'd be interested, sorry, to find out what you think the long-term outcome of this jump to online learning will be for the sector. You know, in, in insofar as, you know, will there be more support available for students and faculty in making the move online? Yeah. Um, I think um, a couple of things. Uh, so first, I see what I call uh, your learning of or uh, learning technologists, the ad tech labs will become more important. 
some business schools have specific uh, attack lab with 20 people or even more. Others have one person. I do believe uh, that investment in learning design in attack labs is going to become more and more crucial. Uh, so that is definitely a change that I'm seeing because the attack labs will have dual responsibility. On one hand, they're going to evaluate which technology can, can enable uh, their classes. On the other hand, they're going to be responsible for driving adoption uh, because adoption of new platforms and new methodologies and a new way of teaching uh, is equally important. One thing is, do you know how to use a platform? The second one is, uh, what is going to give you the best learning outcome? Uh, how are you going uh, to adopt all of that technology, uh, enable uh, to, to really reach the learning outcome that you're foreseeing and what uh, what is how can the technology help to give you feedback because think about it in a physical classroom you cannot measure how many times people have spoken you cannot measure how many people have uh, raised their hand in a virtual way you can measure every everything and that has a very that has a huge um, advantage if you can measure all of those things, how many times people have answered a poll, how many times people have uh, spoken. So if you can really measure engagement rate, it can give you feedback uh, for your uh, faculty on how to improve courses. And it can also give you feedback for your students on where they are in their learning path. And I think that's where learning designers or ad tech labs can play a very important role because they look from an analytical uh, point of view and they can really support and drive adoption in a certain way uh, in order to really measure and enable uh, learning outcomes. Do you think schools are doing enough though to, to measure the impact of their learning initiatives? You know, I, I think it's fascinating that you're talking about seeing engagement with students, how they're interacting during during teaching and learning. Um, are schools making the most of the metrics available to them? Actually, I, I see a couple of things. I see a lot of schools are not aware on what technologies exist. Uh, so I think that that's a pain point. Uh, today, uh, everybody says, oh, I know Zoom, I know WebEx, and I'm just going to use that. They're not using it because it's a conscious choice. They're using it because that's what they know. Uh, so I think understanding what technology exists, what type of categories of technology technology exists, that's something uh, where schools uh, can improve. Uh, having that ad tech labs uh, who analyze all of that. Uh, so yeah, I, I see schools can do more in terms of understanding what's on the market. And secondly, understanding how am I going to roll it out? Of course, there, I think vendor relationships uh, can play an important role uh, because, uh, for example, for us, uh, we have, uh, if I look to uh, the financial time rankings on online MBAs, uh, three out of the 10 are already customers of ours. Uh, and if we see how they uh, move their adoption, uh, how they move the adoption of uh, the technology of the WeConnect system. Uh, we can also certainly, we see that there's a role for us and we can advise other schools on what's the best way to implement 
uh, and how to drive. For example, one of the schools we're working with uh, really did a pitch. They pitched the technology. They asked, uh, I would call the early adopters, the innovators, on how to, um, uh, yeah, on uh, who, who was interested to start first. And then they worked with that faculty member in really prepping him on the system wrapping him on how to deliver the course, and then they followed up through a four to five months period, and that's how they drove ad uh, advocacy internally, but also how they drove adoption uh, across the campus. And I suppose on that note, teaching and learning pedagogy is one aspect of how technology can be used within a business school, but another aspect, and I think is one that's growing in increasing importance, is how assessments can take place online, and that's become more of a, uh, I suppose, a, an urgent thing for business schools yeah. to, to look to address over the next year. Yeah. Do you think it's possible for assessments to remain secure when using online systems, and, and how are business schools sort of addressing this challenge, I suppose? Yeah, um, on the assessment, well, uh, we're focusing on virtual classroom delivery. Um, so we see that with a growth in virtual classroom deliveries, uh, we see more and more questions coming up on assessments. Uh, I do see that the assessments industry uh, is still quite immature um, in terms of real-time online assessments. So in terms of security, uh, today a lot of assessment systems, they either have a person following uh, all the students who are doing their assessment. Of course, that's not a scalable uh, way to do it, but I do see uh, that there, uh, from a vendor perspective, the assessment uh, technology uh, still uh, will need to, to to improve much more and to think about automation. And of course, that's where art, uh, artificial intelligence can come in. If you can really track uh, body movements, uh, that's something uh, that can help the assessment industry. Uh, but I also see that's something that is still very early stage in terms of development. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw some statistics at you just now. So in September 2019, Amber and BGA conducted a survey of business school leaders from across our network across the world. Um, one of the findings was that 66% of business school leaders thought they were using new technology to deliver teaching and learning well. But the same survey showed that 50% of business school leaders believed that their school was well prepared to embrace the opportunities of the fourth industrial revolution. Um, and, and that's areas like you said, AI, machine learning, digital economy. Now, what worries me is that 44% of business schools therefore don't think they're using new technology to deliver learning well, and 50% of business schools think they're not prepared for the fourth industrial revolution. Why do you think business schools are cautious in their levels of readiness for the fourth industrial revolution? And in your experience, are business schools making enough of the resources available to them to ensure that their students get the best experience? Okay. Um, I think it's not an easy question to answer, um, but I do see that actually um, academic institutions have been very much focusing on academic outputs, uh, research outputs. If you look to how higher education is often measured, it's on the amount of research they put out, on the amount of um, uh, yeah, papers that get published. Of course, that's 
important, uh, but on the other hand, that has often driven uh, the way uh, that schools or higher education has worked or received its incentives. So I do believe uh, they can invest much more in learning design uh, because that's going to become more and more crucial into blended learning uh, paths. And actually what I see already happening in the US is that uh, we see the uh, rise of what they call online program managers, OPMs. Uh, so where they're really looking to external companies even, uh, or having an internal department who's gonna focus completely on the online program delivery from uh, looking for people to uh, enroll, so from the enrollment to the alumni phase, so uh, enrollment training and alumni uh, phase. And I do believe in the future that's going to become even more uh, important. And in order to prepare, uh, people will have to think innovation, people will have to think reputation building, and people will have to think on uh, online program management as a whole. Absolutely. And then one last quick question just to finish the interview. You're obviously a person that's very aware when it comes to technology and what's happening in, in the business school world. But what innovative technology are you most excited about currently or in the near future? I'm actually pretty excited about two things. Uh, data, big data, uh, because today there is a lot of data and in every industry there is a lot of data, but I believe in education, uh, how can we get data connected, what can data do for us, how can it improve learning outcomes, how can we measure more, uh, that's something I think uh, that is still today. I see when I talk to people about data, they're talking about the number of participants in the class. For me, uh, it's going beyond there and thinking about engagements, engagement analytics. Uh, and then the second part is AI. Uh, as a company uh, at Barco, we're doing research together uh, with a university in Belgium uh, on uh, AI. And there we're really thinking about emotion AI. Uh, we're tracking body movements of students and we're looking on what does that tell us? What does that, how, how do the body movements of people tell us how engaged they are in class? Uh, is everybody engaged? Who are the outliers? How many percent are engaged? And I really believe uh, the AI, uh, the emotion AI is pretty interesting. Of course, there's also a whole ethical debate on that in how far can you go with there. But that's definitely, I think big data and AI are two trends uh, or two technology trends uh, that will grow over time. Fantastic. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your thoughts and your insight with me today. And also thank you very much to Barco for your support in, in helping us get this podcast moving and, and taking forward. So we really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a pleasure uh, uh, to be interviewed in this podcast. And we have a wealth of content around technology and online learning available on the Ambition website at www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition. And if you would like to find out more about Barco, just visit www.barco.com forward slash en.